If you've been here before for a baptism, we ask uh, the adults that are being baptized at least to give us just a piece of their story. We believe that we are one with them, and uh, as human beings, we are uh, certainly in the same boat together, and it helps to get to know one another. And when, when these ladies share their stories, as they're going to do, they're going to each do on their own. In the past, uh, I've been asked to read the story, but all three of these ladies are going to share it themselves, which will be even better. But it help us kind of get to know them and be brought into the beauty, the miracle of today, and, and there's just the miracle of new life and transformation. I hope that we all truly know vicariously through our sisters that this life that they talk about that's on display here is for you and me too. And so we share in this. This is a collective experience today. So thank you all for writing out your stories and, and helping us get to know you better. Um, I think, Brandy, you're going to go first. Is that right? So uh, Brandy Parker, welcome, Brandy. Um, they're not used to doing this, as you can imagine. So let's make them feel welcome. Thanks, Brandy. <clears throat> Hey guys, um, I'm super, super nervous, so I'm going to try to get through this as slowly as possible because I'm really bad about speed talking when I'm nervous. Um, so this is the story of um, basically how I knew God, how I lost him for a long time, and then how I found him again after being incarcerated. Um, so alone on my knees in cell C4, a place I never thought I would be. My Bible spread on the floor to Nehemiah as tears are streaming down my face, lamenting, please, Lord, just let my son be okay. If you bring him home, I promise I will never leave your side again. A little rewind. Growing up, I had always been close to God. It was what was right in my Southern Baptist home. Church every Sunday and Wednesday, never missing a vacation, Bible school, mission trip, or GA. Religion in my family was just as important as eating or breathing. Up until I was about 10 years old when my parents separated. I lost touch with God for a few years, mainly being angry with him. I thought it was his fault my family divided, his fault I was being molested by a family member, and his fault for placing people in my life that thought it was okay to introduce 13-year-olds to drugs, alcohol, and sex. After years of following this path and roaming further and further away from God, at 17, he grabbed my attention. I was pregnant with my first child, who I named Nehemiah, because he was going to be the one to rebuild my broken heart, just as he did in Jerusalem. For a long time, I got myself together, got sober, went to nursing school, got a great job at the hospital near my home, and all in all became a good mother. I refused to be a stereotype. I met a wonderful man who just so happened to be a secret alcoholic. After 11 years, I chose to leave. Unfortunately, two weeks after leaving my husband, I met an individual who introduced me to methamphetamine. I was in active addiction for three years before I was arrested for trafficking. During that time, I was beaten and abused, and so was my son. It was traumatic. I was never further away from God than I was at that time. I was lost, not caring for a savior or even looking for one for that matter. But I know now he never left me. As I sat in cell C4, I called home to speak with my son. My aunt let me know that he had been missing for 13 hours. I lost it, had a seizure. The officers placed a mat on the floor and handed me a Bible and locked me down for the night. No way out and no way to call home, I turned to the one person who could help me. It had been years, but in my heart, I knew he would hear me. I begged and pleaded for Nehemiah to just be okay. The next morning, my cell popped. I ran to the phone. Still, they haven't found him. Amber alert, phone pinging near a pond miles away but nothing. 48 hours later, Officer Ivy and Ray came to my cell and took me to their office to call home. I felt it was going to be bad, but I had faith in my God that everything was going to be okay. The first words out of my mom's mouth was, he is safe. 
He had walked for 48 hours, three counties over, and was picked up by the police. I couldn't talk to him because he was being transported, but just to know he was safe let me know that God heard me, loved me, and cared enough to answer my prayers. I had to hold up to my side of things. I would never leave him again. That day, I got into the metal shower, lukewarm water running over me, and prayed the sinner's prayer, baptizing myself in Block C of Cleveland County Jail. God was here with me that day and continues to be my rock and stronghold. I'm ready to truly devote my life to him as he did for me. My story isn't ending here. It is just beginning. I'm tired of trying to write my own story. I'm ready for God to do that for me. I stand before you today dedicating my life, my future, and my story to him. For what was broken and lost, he will make new. Hi. Um, I've never told this story. I've only told it in ACDP and prison. So this is a little bit of how my Christian journey began. I grew up in a Christian home with my mom and my dad until the age of seven. I was the only child until I was two. My sister was born, of which she died of SIDS six months later. For my family, for my family or my dad, that's when addiction began with him. He would beat my mom daily, so many women in and out, and make her watch. He would scream and yell at me also. My brother came along a few, few years later. Then when he turned almost two, my, fi- my mom finally divorced him. Through all this, I went to Sunday school, church on Wednesday nights, all vac- and also vacation Bible school. I guess my mom would send me, so I didn't actually see and hear all that had went on. I always went alone. I always went alone on the church van. I was so confused on who God was. No one would ever explain him to me. My grandmothers would, but I never really knew. I was asked one time, do I want to be saved by Jesus? I said, yes, maybe, if he will fix my mom and my dad so he didn't hurt her no more. That never happened. I still really I still really didn't know what was being saved was. I was getting sent to a church all the time, listening to people at church tell me things, but none of this was happening at home. A few years later, after my mom and dad divorced, my mom met my stepdad, and through all we had been through, I finally felt safe and had a real family. My mom, stepdad, my brother, and stepbrothers. I was the only girl, so I got a lot of attention then. I actually seen what having a dad felt like, being loved and being safe. In church, I would hear Jesus' daddy, but still was confused on that until that summer in vacation Bible school. I learned who Jesus was and that nothing is more powerful than the love from God. And now my dad at home. I was safe and protected in a non-abuse and non-addict home. Family was family life was real good. Fast forward a few years, in the summer of 93, I was or just turned 15. I met my so-called love of my life, my kid's father. He would tell me everything I needed and wanted to hear, all the love and attention I craved that I missed at home and growing up. He loved me, and I loved and needed him in my life. Three months later, a month after I started 10th grade, I found out I was pregnant. As soon as I finally told my mom, she said, get out, pack your stuff, go live with him. You're not going to go through what I did trying to raise me and got beat like she did when she was 15. He did not beat me. He was just a big liar and cheater. So I moved in with him at his mom's. It was the hardest thing ever for me at the time. All I thought was, why am I getting abandoned again? Later on, I caught him cheating multiple times. I had a breakdown and didn't want to believe any of it, so I told myself it's okay, it will be okay. This happened for three plus years, and I let it go. The summer of 97, my mom got very sick. I was told she had three months 
three months or so to live, that her immune system was so bad, shutting down, and that no one knew why. I told them they was all liars, and my mom was not dying. I was not even married yet, and I wanted more kids. She was all I had. We found out she was diagnosed with leukemia, and her blood was so low or something, but my stepdad and I went to the chapel. He told me, your mom is going to die. We got to prepare for this. I hit my knees and cried out to God, someone who would help her. First time ever, I finally had someone with me in a chapel praying with me. That was my first experience hearing my Jesus. He told me she will be okay. I heard him say, For I know the plans for you, to take care of you, not abandon you, plans for your future you had hoped for. I didn't know what happened or how, but I turned real white, crying so bad, and knew that God was real at that time. He loved me and my mom. I was 19 at the time. That's when I knew all the stuff I was told and read through the years. Younger in church was true and real. I was saved that day and praised Jesus daily. My mom come home on meds and was in remission. She had to go back to the hospital in 2007 but become stable after being so sick and is still fine today. She is so small and frail but healthy. The doctor said she wouldn't live three months, and now she's living almost 30 years later. Okay, back a few years when I found out she was so sick, I did plan my wedding. I had got married the summer of 98. After my mom was home looking healthy, I got pregnant with my daughter. She was born in 19... 99. A year later, I found my husband cheating visually this time. I walked in with him and my best friend in bed. I had a mental breakdown and got put in a hospital for almost five weeks. I tried to kill myself by driving my car off a bridge. Again, God spoke to me. I felt I had seen him. I knew again it was real. Things got better for myself, and I knew I had the one and only by my side. My life with God was real, and I knew he loved me. No other love than his. I joined a church here in Asheville. I felt loved and welcome. Since then, my walk and my journey with God is amazing. I have been incarcerated a little over six years now, and I know without him it could have been ten plus years. I never give up or lost my faith in what his plans for me was. He tells me daily to walk by faith, not by sight alone. This journey is very powerful every day. I get closer to him. I hear him. I feel him in me. As I finish this, I'm sorry it's so long, but I could have wrote for days as God has spoke to me. But I keep hearing, as I finish this this morning, the Galatians 4, 25 through 27, to know that now I have arrived at my destination. By faith in Christ, you are in a direct relationship with him. Your baptism in Christ was not just washing you up for a fresh start. It was also involved dressing you in an adult faith wardrobe. Christ's life, the fulfillment of God's original promise. Thank you, Jesus, for me and my life. I'm so happy to walk this journey to be cleansed totally and fully as my life, new life begins today. Thank you, House of Mercy. Hey, y'all. I just want to say thank you for welcoming us. Um, we are all super nervous. but um, So my name is Ashley Lane. I am 27 years old, and I was saved at the age of seven. I grew up going to my stepfather's church where my grandmother was a Sunday school teacher and she also played the piano and organ. Um, So I grew up in church. Um, We always had to change clothes before we could go play. Um, At the age of 15, my mother and stepfather split and we started going to her side of the family's church. I got pregnant with my daughter at the age of 17 and I was still going to church with my newborn. My mom remarried and I got my own place. I started working all the time to support my daughter and I, so I stopped going to church. 
I always had Jesus close throughout my years. I got addicted to drugs at the age of 21, and violence happened to me around my daughter, so I sent her to live with my mom. Since then, I have been in and out of jail. I have an almost two-year prison sentence with just four months to go. I have been in recovery for 16 months. I, I have asked to be baptized today not only because I feel like this is what is missing from my relationship with Christ, but I need my past sin and the addiction and what comes with it. I need it washed away. I want to be born again, and I want to heal. I have never trusted the Lord with my future as much as I am now, but I'm ready to begin this journey anew. Thank you. Thank you, friends. Um, really, we, it's so powerful to be brought into your store. Thank you for your, your courage, your vulnerability. Um, it's beautiful. Just a word, an explanation about baptism. So, Ashley has never been baptized, um, and Carter and Isaiah Moore over here is going to be baptized. We get the full like feast today uh, of, of what baptism is all about. Now, um, Crystal and, and Brandy, you've been baptized before, and this, this isn't a redo. We don't believe um, in that. We, this is not to discredit what's happened before. What happened when you were baptized the first time, it worked, okay? Um, it's a sign you were marked off as God's child. We believe that. But we also think there are two kinds of baptisms in Scripture. And you have that, which Ashley and Carter will experience. But then you have what John the Baptist was doing. That, that was more a baptism of surrender, of preparation for new life, transformation, healing, restoration, and that is what Crystal and Brandy will be experiencing today. Um, I believe Carter and, and Ashley's, uh, they're going to participate in a sacrament. What both Crystal and Brandy will participate in is sacramental. <laughs> I think there's, it's mystical, it's real. Uh, and we will be joined in with them to experience. Now, the thing about Carter that's so cool, God's, here's the gospel. God loves you first. Before you're born, actually. Before you're able to do anything, bad or good. Before you're able to perform at all, any way, God sets his love upon you. And so, at House of Mercy, we also baptize children, babies even. Um, and we get to see most vividly that picture before Carter. Now, Carter's probably sinned. You think, you think so, Catherine? Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> We believe at House of Mercy, though, that you, you belong. Before you believe, you belong. And we get to see that with Carter as God sets his love, God's love upon Carter before, he's got, before Carter chooses God. But also believe, we believe that God will use this sacrament to produce the new life in Carter as he grows. So we get to see it all, the full spectrum, which is beautiful.